Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. God always knows what to do and when to do it. He knows when to do it. I said He knows when to do it. Matthew 27. Matthew 27. He's not through tonight. Let let me say it again. He's not through from this morning. If you help me, I want to see the Lord finish up some things he started this morning. My wife, we was talking after church, sitting in the back eating lunch, and one thing about flesh, there's the pride of life, lust of the flesh. In your day, you may be thinking the right things, then all of a sudden your flesh takes you 100 yards to the right. You have to stop, go get it, and bring it back. There's a few of us, and rest of you, I know you're telling the story because you do the same thing. You all do. We all do that. Because our flesh is not saved. It's not born again. It's our spirit that's born again. And as long as we're in this flesh, we're going to contend with the battle with the flesh. It's of the flesh. It's of the flesh. Matthew 27 and 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent and twined from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. I want to preach for a few moments tonight before God moves in and does some things. The veil has been torn in two. And I know you ain't blowing off the pews and ain't jumping and screaming. But I I believe we've overlooked this. One of the second most important things that happened at Calvary is when the veil torn. See, if you read your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not going to force you to preach with me tonight. If you want to sit there and daydream and, and play on your phone and games and stuff and daydream about tomorrow, you go ahead and have your fun. Uh, but God knows what you're doing. And he has a purpose to help somebody tonight. He ain't through from this morning. Long shot. So I'm praying that God finishes up what he started this morning. He's in. He's got something for someone in this room tonight. Will you, in your honor to him, would you bow your head, lift your head, whatever, and say, Lord, I ask you to anoint the service tonight. Anoint our pastor, anoint my family and friends around me. Use us in this house. Let the unusual take place. Let, let the unusual and the spirit take place. God, pour your spirit out on this house tonight. Anoint us, God, with fresh oil. Let your healing virtue, your deliverance fall on this house. And I'm asking God to help finish the work you started this morning. Without you, I am nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I cannot preach. Without you, God, I I cannot do what I feel and know you want to do. Help me, Father, tonight to touch these great people. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody, in your own way, give God edifying praise.
You can be seated. It was on the sixth day that God made man from the dust of the ground. God had planted a garden eastward in Eden and put man there. He had put man there. It was here in that place in the garden that he had gave Adam dominion and pronounced to him that he would be blessed and he would be fruitful. You see, you have, saint of God, he said, you, you have, Adam, you've got dominion over the fowls, the fish, and over every living thing that's here. It was in the garden there that Adam eat from the fruit from the tree of life. You see, daily Adam had went and talked to God face to face. He had went and spent time with God, daily with God. Adam walked with God and lived in perfection. There was nothing out of place in Adam's life. It was all perfect. God had given him dominion to rule over the garden, the fowls of the air, the beasts of the land, the fish. You see, saying of God, there's three heavens. The first heaven is the one you look up and you see the birds and the fowls of the air fly around in in the plains. That is the first heaven. The second heaven is you look beyond that and you look and see the stars, the moon, the planets. That is the second heaven. That's where in between there and the heirs of the air is where Satan dwells. But in the third heaven is where God sets himself far above. The heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Ephesians says 2 and 6, hear this. And he has set and he had raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul said to ninth saints, we have been given the power to live with Christ and live with him far above everything that challenges us. He gives us a picture, an image of us sitting with Christ in heavenly places. If he sits above the fowls, if he sits above the stars and the planet, the Bible said that the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Can I tell you now, everything that challenges you, everything that you face, you set far above it spiritually. There's no devil, there is no spirit, there's no challenge that has any power over you rather than you. You set far above everything that's challenging your life. I'm here to tell you Satan looks down. He sees God's creation and where that he had placed Adam, he saw it. Satan knows that you're in church right now. He knows where you're at. He knows that you worship in God. He knows that you have faith in God. Satan knows. He's watching your activity tonight as you give yourself to God. But it is his ultimate desire to cover you, to cause you to become distracted from where you're at. From God's own word and from your daily walk with God, he wants to distract you from what God has even told me and you. He wants to distract you from even God's prophecy that he's given you. Why, saint of God, would you want to turn around and your back on a God that is give so much to you? Why would you want to give hell your house? Why would you want to give hell your spouse? Why would you want to give hell your children? And why would you want to give hell yourself? After all that he's done for us, after all that he has given us, after all the promises he's promised us, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has set us far above 
all principalities, power, and spirits of this world. There's nothing that you cannot overcome. Somebody shout, I can. Why didn't Satan, Lucifer, appear before Adam and Eve as an angel who he is? Why? With beauty and all the pearls and the ointments of color. Why didn't he? He knew that they had walked with God in the beauty of his presence. They knew he knew it. He knew it would feel familiar to them. So he disguised himself as a serpent to draw attention away from where they usually were. Follow me. And to get them to listen from the tree. Saint of God, if he had appeared as an angel of light in the tree, it would not have been different than walking with God in the cool of the day. So what did he do? The same thing happens to us as we walk with God. (laughs) The same thing. We enjoy the presence of God. We hear his voice speak to us. To get our attention, Satan stirs up a storm, an adversary, to talk to us, to draw our attention away from God. He comes through a bad report. He comes through a temptation of sin. He comes through a battle that you don't even expect. He gets your attention away from God, from where you were, and tries to draw you out of that place you're walking with God. You listen to me right now. You ain't got to move. You can just be quiet. You ain't got to say another word. But I'm here to tell you, everything that's going on in your life, negative, it come from hell. Any spirit that's affecting you, it come from hell. Anything that's trying to discourage you come from hell. But I got news for you. I got news for you. You are greater than you know you are. Adam, you have dominion over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, the beast of the land. Adam, why did you tell that serpent to shut his mouth? Why did you tell that serpent to get out of the garden? You had dominion over that devil. Come on, somebody, get on your feet and say, devil, it's time you leave my house. It's time you leave my house. It's time you leave my health. It's time you leave my family. It's time you leave my job. It's time you leave my finances. Say it's time to leave. He could have said, you don't belong here. But Patterson, he had dominion to run him out, Brother Steve. He had dominion. Why in God's name are you letting things stay around that you got dominion over? It don't rule your life. Come on, give me the car as well as call it out tonight. It don't rule your life. You have dominion over every habit, every spirit, every devil, every attitude. You got dominion over it. You need to look at it and say in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave my life, leave my flesh. I said you got to leave it. You're not going to stay here. You're not going to hang around here. You're going to leave my house. You're not going to erupt my family. You're not going to erupt my marriage. I command you, you don't belong here. God gave me authority over you. I have dominion over you. You're not staying in my house. Adam had the authority to reach out and pick it. 
You have the authority to pick what you want. I said you have the authority to pick what you want. Devil didn't make you do it. You did it because you, you chose to pick it. Even though in the mind, your mind and spirit, you heard the voice of God say, don't do it. Don't leave it alone. Don't take it. Don't partake. Don't do it. But your flesh began to dominate you like Adam and Eve's flesh began to dominate them. But my God, Satan knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. The Bible didn't tell me that when Adam and Eve took of the fruit, it was bitter and they spit it out. Don't tell me dope don't make you feel good. Somebody say, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Math will make you feel good for a moment. Marijuana will make you feel good for a moment. Cocaine will make you feel good for a moment. I'm going to tell you. Pills will make you feel good for a moment. They put me on some that codeine when I was in the hospital for about three weeks. And they had to keep breaking it down. I was seeing devils walk through the wall. I told the doc, come in. I said, take me off this junk. What's wrong? I'm seeing devils. He laughed at me. I said, you can laugh all you want. He said, no. He said, some of them like seeing them because they want more. I said, you take me off of it. I don't care if you got to give me an aspirin or a Tylenol. I ain't taking that junk. I can pick what I want. I can pick what I need. Come on, folks. You have the power. Come on, flesh. I feel you. You got the power to pick what you want. You can pick it. You can listen to it. You can choose it if not. Or you can tell that devil, get out of my house. Come on, church. Come on. Somebody needs to stand up. Look at that devil in the face. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. You ain't going to talk to me. You ain't going to rule this house. You ain't going to rule my flesh. You ain't going to rule my life. I said, get out of my house. Somebody shout, get out. Somebody shout, get out, devil. You have the power to pick it. hearing him. We enjoy his, come on folks. Oh. Oh. Mm. It tells us that spirit will tell you. That storm will tell you. You're going to be de defeated and lose and die. The habit talks to us. Let's just get real. Oh, it don't. Yes, it does. It talks to the lust of the flesh. That dude has a voice. And your lust has a voice. And your lust says, I want you. And you'll hear it talk back, I want you. Here to tell you, you're going to feel good if you take me. I'm going to solve your problems. I'm going to solve your mental issue. I'm going to solve your anxiety. I'm going to preach this to the day I die. Brother Mark Morgan's going to come next year. I'm working on it right now. He went 13 years through facing oppression and anxiety, laid in the bed, told the devil, if you're real and you kill me, come on in here, boy, and kill me. I'm waiting on you to kill me. If, he, if the devil could kill you, he'd already killed you. He can't take your life. You have to give your life to him. Come on, folks. Come on. Come on. You can come out. I wish to God, I prayed a while ago, I wish somebody say, I've had enough of this hell. I've had enough of you. I'm coming out of this. I'm tired of being, come on, shake yourself. You fleshly pride, you're going to die and burn and go to hell. 
it's our choice. Somebody needs to say, I've had enough. It's your choice to pick what you want. I got to have it. No, you don't. I'm going to preach this the day I die. Jesus can heal you from anxiety. He can heal you from oppression. He can heal. Has anybody been healed of anxiety? Lift your hands. Stand up if you've been healed by anxiety. If you've been healed from anxiety, stand up. Now give God the glory for it. You ain't going to tell me, flesh, you ain't going to tell me God can't do it. You go to hell. I don't care. God can heal. He can heal the mind. He can heal the body. He can save the soul. This pastor, this preacher ain't going to pet it. It's going to rebuke it. Has he ever healed you from a habit? Stand up your hands. Now I want you to just turn around and look. So he can heal you from a habit. So shut your mouth, devil. You quit telling him. You quit telling him that God can't heal you. You're a liar. You're the father of lies. He can heal you. Brother Jim, has he healed you from jugs? In Boomer, Mississippi, at a little church one night, over on that side of the aisle, standing behind him, God baptized Brother Jim with the Holy Ghost. God delivered him from drugs. He'd had him since. He'll deliver you. He'll fill you. I ain't listening to you, flesh. Brother Roy, can he deliver you from alcohol? Stand up. Tell me, can he? He did what? Come on. After he delivered you, did he ever come back and offer it to you? Does he still offer it to you? What do you do, Brother Roy? You do what? Pastor, I want some message. Can you preach me some powerful message? Can you tell me some powerful treatment? Say it again. What did you do? When he comes back, what do you do? You do what? You have the power, Adam. You got the power of the fishes, of the fowls there, fishes of the sea. You got, you got power of the beast. You have power. Adam, why don't you tell that serpent or grab that joker by the nap of the neck, throw him out of the garden. You don't belong here. Brother Steve, stand up. Has God ever brought you out of a world of sin? Did he? Has he ever changed you? Did he deliver? What happened? What did he do? He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Did he deliver you? Hold this, you don't know this. Did your family prosecute, persecute you? Beat him with a chair. Wanted to kill him. Told him to deny the Holy Ghost. Did he not, Brother Steve? Y'all don't know this. Beat him till he was bleeding. You're going to deny the Holy Ghost. You're not going to that Pentecost church. Is that right? He had to fight for what he had. But what do you do, Brother Steve, when he comes back? Do what? What would you say? You do what? You got to say, don't want no more of it. Done been there. Done done that. It didn't work. Come on. You may tell you why he's going to be a powerful witness. It's because he tells the devil, no more. 
Brother Roy said, I resist it every day. Somebody shout every day. Every day. Say every day. Say every day. Every day. Every day. You got to resist that devil every day you get up. Brother Marlon, has he ever delivered you? Say that, what? How long has it been? He still does it. Brother Roy hasn't been. Listen, how long has it been, Brother Roy? And he still does it. How long, Brother Steve, you been in church? 30 plus, yeah. Does he still do it? Can I tell you, after you come to an altar and repent and get things right, that devil ain't going to walk off and forget you. That devil's going to come to your house every day. Hello, are you home? Hello, are you home? But somebody in the house has got to have had enough. You're leaving the house. You're leaving my life. I'm tired of you being around here. You're going to get out of my life. Brother Patterson, has he ever delivered you? Elder, stand up. Has he delivered you? Has he brought you? You don't understand what God's brought him out of. Does he come back and tempt you? You mean he comes to you every day? He comes and tempts you every day. After all God's done for you, he still does it. Some of us, I don't know where you got your theology at. I don't know where you got it. That's another word. I made it up. Theology. You like it? Thank you very much. Hannah put that in the school book. Theology. He got you thinking that after I go pray through and I, I put it on the blood, it, he won't bother me with it. I don't know where you've been. I don't know if you ain't been reading your Bible. But that devil ain't give up war yet. He knows his time is running out. His time is short. He's going to fight every house, every home, every individual, every child of God. He wants to defeat our faith. Come on, he wants to murder our children. I said he wants to murder our children. He wants to destroy our family. He wants to destroy our faith. But somebody in this house, you've got to stir yourself up. Get on your feet and say, get out of my house. Somebody's going to tell him, get out of my house. Get, 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 get. <clears throat> Let me hurry. Adam loses the garden because he listened to Satan. Hear me. You'll lose what you have if you listen to Satan. That beautiful thing right there, that beautiful woman. I better not talk like that. I get, I get hot up here. Whew. I'm getting hot flashes. Oh, I can have a cold day. She warms me up and she walks by. will work on me to try to get me to lose what I got. He'll work on you to try to get you to lose what you got. He'll get your attention off of what God's given you and put it on something that's not as good. Come on. We forget where we're at. We forget what we have. You know why? 
Everybody listen. Because your flesh will tell you it's better. Y'all going to cause me to go some places. Here to tell you that it'll treat you better. I just wasn't going with it. Here to feel better, taste better, smell better, look better. But all along, he's drawn your attention away from what God's given you. The Bible said, you hear me, you will lose when you listen to Satan. God set them out. The Bible said set them outside the garden and put seraphim angels to guard the door because Adam remembered where he come from. If he had put seraphim angels there, Adam would walk back in there, the tree of life, even being a sinful man, and lived. You hear me now? If Adam could have, he'd have got back in there. He knew what kind of life he would have. Now man, spirit, was dead. His spirit was dead in relationship with God. God had given Adam and Eve a commandment and they fell and disobeyed God. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, to give instructions to Israel how to live their life. From that time on until Jesus went to Calvary. Listen to me. It was hard for man to live by law of the word. Oh, y'all, it's easy for y'all to live by the law. I guarantee you drive 65 and never go over it. Thank God for the blood. If you ever try to follow Brother Steve and Sister Cindy in separate cars, I promise you, you will not keep up with them. It's like looking at NASCAR with a husband and wife driving on the same team. I ain't lying. Me and my wife, I was driving fast. I said, they're driving too fast. When I say that, that's fast. It looked like NASCAR. It wasn't just Brother Steve. I said, look at her go. But how many of us had broke the law? You see, then it was hard for man to live by the law that God gave man. You listen to me. But we needed help to give strength to the will of man. I said we need help for the will of man. They need we need help to overcome the voice of adversity and adversity, Satan, and even flesh. You cannot overcome Satan through the will of the flesh. When you're trying to overcome a habit, you can't do it by saying, I'll do it myself. Brother Roy, who helped you? Who helped you, Brother Jim? Who helped you, Brother Steve? Who helped you, Brother Patterson? Who helped you, Brother Marlon? Brother Eddie, who helps you? Who? You mean he helps you? Ah. Sister Lynn, I know she looks, she's a prophetess. I know she's a godly lady. But have you ever overcome anything? I ain't going to say it. And what else? Other stuff. <laughs> she said, you leave it on the blood, boy. <laughs> you can say, Sister Lynn, let me tell you something. You don't know what Jesus has done for her. Has he helped you, Sister Lynn? Has he given you strength to fight it? Can I ask you a question? Does those things ever come back and talk to you? Say that again. Why? When you tell them to shut their mouth and get out of your house and close the door, and I've had enough of you, you ain't coming back in. Can I tell somebody in the house tonight, you have the authority to shut your door. You cannot 
overcome without God. You can't overcome without the Holy Ghost. You can't overcome without the blood of Jesus. Let me hurry. David showed us that when the Spirit of God anoints you, you can take a fleshly giant down. Five smooth stones, he took a nine-foot giant down. Paul said, Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We receive all power that we need with Christ to overcome. We become a joining force with him. God does not grant us super, can you hear me now, hear me now. God does not grant us supernatural ability to accomplish anything we can imagine without regard of his interest. But as we, as we, as we, as we control, as we contend for the faith, we, we will face troubles, pressures, and trials. What God wants is for us to trust in him. Come on, somebody. My God, get in your spirit. With him, I can defeat anything. I said with him, some of you need to overcome some habits. Now, don't sit there and tell me some things are easy to overcome. It is a battle. It took seven years for Joshua and the military to take the promised land. Seven years. And the Bible said they fought a long time. Can I tell you? Some battles take a long time to overcome your enemy. But don't quit fighting. Don't quit praying. Don't quit worshiping. Don't quit praising him. Don't quit being faithful. Keep fighting. Somebody ought to shout, I'm going to get it back. Somebody ought to shout, I'm going to get it back. Come on, church. I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get it back. Sister Wilbanks, come. The veil, here we go. The veil, renting in the temple is the most powerful thing of Calvary. Jesus, the day of the Passover lamb, at the same moment at 3 o'clock on a Friday, the same time on a Friday at 3 o'clock, when the priest killed the Passover lamb, it was at that moment that Jesus died at Calvary as our Passover lamb. That same moment. As the priest outside killed the lamb to celebrate Passover at 3 o'clock at Calvary, Jesus gave up the ghost. What happened in the temple was a symbolic sign of what was happening in the spiritual realm. The veil, listen to this, listen to this, was 60 feet long, 30 feet high, and four inches thick. Four inches thick. The Bible said it rent from top to bottom. It kept man, listen to this, from the Ark of the Covenant which was three feet and nine inches long. Two feet and nine inches wide. Two feet and nine inches high. But on top of that ark was two, uh, two seraphim angels that faced each other. And the glory of God dwelt in a three foot nine inch space. Hold on. When the veil rent, the Spirit of God was released to come into a two, two foot, nine inch space. Some people had it that it was a massive art. No, it wasn't massive. That moment, that veil torn. That moment, that moment, the veil which had been stopping mankind from going to God was rent from top to bottom. Now all mankind could come into the presence of the Almighty. Can I tell someone, 
Jesus has made a way to him. It's your choice. Say, it's my choice. I dreamed this dream today. As I was home, I guess my mind was so wrapped up with what we dealt with this morning. I saw a valley of soldiers with one man on the top of it with a sword. And as I looked at the, in my dream, the Lord said, this is, this is Achan. I said, Achan? Achan was one man. And the Lord said, no, this valley stands for flesh. But this one man's got to choose. If he wants freedom in his spirit, he has to kill this flesh to set himself free. And in my dream, I said, oh, my. So after Joshua killed Achan and his family, Israel was reanointed with God's favor. I'm going to tell somebody tonight. You can gamble with your soul if you want to over foolish stuff the devil's lying to you about. Lose your family, lose your house. Lose your soul because it's coming. Yesterday, Brother Keith told me that old sister guy looked at him and said, Jennifer, he tell you what she said. The old prophets was working with me. He said, boy, your son's coming back home. He's going to live in your yard. Well, guess what? She didn't know this. Last week, Sister Jennifer, Caleb called his, mom, his dad said, Dad, she said, believe it or not, I've been talking to God. And I have repented. And said, Dad, we've decided. So I'm going to marry this girl. And, and said, you know, we have kids. She, he said, I said, where do you want to raise your kids at? She said, I don't want to go to my dad. I want to go to your mom and dad because they're godly people. So we decided. She said, I want to go live next to them. <laughs> and said, when they get out. They bought him a travel trailer, and we're going to move Dad out in the yard, and I'm coming back to church. She said, before even she said anything, she said, and brother, God's not through your boy. He's got anointing on him. God's bringing it back for this time of season. My grandson walked by her and she took his hand. She said, Woo, you got a calling. In time, you will be anointed. And in time, God's going to use you. The veil has been rent. There's nothing stopping you from going into His presence and obtaining everything you need. You can be a fool if you want to, and I say it respectfully. Lose your spouse over your stinking, rotten flesh that's lying to you, going to cause you to be lost. Come on, let's be real. I'm not preaching all, all this to sound like a mean man. I'm preaching on this to see you delivered and see you set free.
just as Brother Roy delivered cigarettes, Brother Marlin, alcohol, drugs, and pills. How in the world people get addicted? You don't understand. When you've been through pain and all kind of pain and all kind of torture in your body, and you, you have to take them. Come on, folks. Won't you have reason some stuff out? Sometimes it ain't that you want to. It's just your body's got your flesh. It's hurting and pain. Come on. Brother T.L. Smith talked about it. I said, Brother Smith, I desire, I, had, I was crying. I said, I desire that God get my faith to a place somewhere where I can lay hands on people that are battling that and God heal them. And down deep in everybody's soul, don't tell me that, down deep in everybody's soul, they want to be free from that. You ain't going to tell me they don't. That's a lie. You, it's a fight. They don't, they don't like that. Just like anybody hooked on a, a drug or something. You become addicted to it more than the Holy Ghost. I feel for you. Because it's a battle. But can I tell somebody, the veil's been torn. The veil's been torn. I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose a soul. I don't want to lose a soul. Some stinking thing the devil sold them on. Come on, mama. Come on, dad. Do you want your kids? Listen to me. You want your kids to grow up, fight the same thing? You want your kids addicted to that junk? If he can heal your body, he can heal your mind. Why do you not think the crown of thorns come down on him? It was a symbolic of healing of the mind. It's pain what goes on in there. All the hurt all the battles, all the wounds you've been through. Come on, folks. Oh, everything in your life nobody knows about. It's there. You feel them thorns pressing down on you. But because of those thorns, I'll heal your mind. Sister God said, I do this every day to myself. I lay my hands on my head and I go, Lord, heal my mind. I'm going to give this warning word and we're going to move on. How many, how many feels him in the house? I'm not going to call. I'm not going to use the gifts to call nobody out. But I give this forewarning. You better hear me. If you do not start your change today, within six weeks, great adversity is going to take over your life. It's going to affect you spiritually in a dark place. Second, it's going to hit you physically. And third, you're going to be an embarrassment to your family. I'm here to tell you right now, by the mercy of God Almighty, you better let the hand of the devil go. You better let him go. God woke me up at 1.30 one morning. I got up and got ready and went to a house. Called and said, I'm on my way. I sat in the living room with a man and woman and I said, Sis, you took the hand of that spirit and it's set beside of you and you've not let it go. But I said, within just a few weeks, you're going to fall from this family. And your life is going to be an embarrassment. Be talked about. You'll be in places never dreamed of. She started crying. I said, you're not for real. You're faking me off. I said, thus saith the Lord, 
I got up and walked out. I said, you don't even love your, you don't love your husband, your kids enough because you're so caught up in your selfishness in your own world. Two weeks later, I was in, in the office. I said, come here on a Sunday night and preached. Fixing to walk out the door. They burst in my door, closed the door, and sat down and said, Pastor, they caught her at her job having an affair in the office. Their boss. She'd been doing this for long. She sat there, no tear, no regret. Long story short, it had been four or five men she'd been with. Then she'd become a stripper later on. You can play if you want to, but I come to give warning tonight. You have the power. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. And you're not going to tell me that God ain't given us help. He's gave us his spirit to help us. I don't want my kids growing up, or my grandkids growing up, talking about dad, grandpa being a failure. I want them to talk about if I did fall to be an overcomer. Stand to your feet. I have warned. I've given the warning. Have I not? Well, Chase, would you say they better listen? If the prophet speaks, do you say? Marsha, you remember that day the old prophets told you, said, I see cuffs going on. You remember that? He said, it's going to happen today, did it not? Remember that, Sister, Sister Debbie? I don't remember that, Brother Eddie. Today I see cuffs going on an enemy, a devil, trying to destroy your life. I was at a gas station in Wona, and I heard her scream, I turned around and someone's trying to pull her by the hair of the head in the car. And I took off after him, called 911, and I saw cuffs. As the prophet said, going on the enemy trying to destroy. I'm, I, I, I come to tell you, he's speaking. Now I give it to you. It's your call. I want us to pray right now. If the Lord is pulling on your spirit, if he's breathing into you and talking to you, I want you to make a move. I want you to make a move. I'm going beyond the veil. I'm going beyond the veil. I'm going to where I can get help. I'm going to go to where my strength is. Come on. If he's pulling on you, I want you to come. Come on, there you come. Come on. We pray today that this word has blessed you, minister to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.